0: welcome and good morning you're listening to quarter circle backboard a solo show dedicated to the sports that you like and the video games that i like i'm chris mitchell here with the inaugural fall semester episode of quarter circle backboard i get uh do i want to call this season 2 cuz i feel like i already started season 2 this summer with a series of very solid college football previews which you should listen to And pretty soon, because we are approaching week zero of college football, baby. That's right. It's back. After such a long time of spring training, summer nonsense, stuff that doesn't really matter in the long term, nothing really to quench the college football thirst, as it were. The football drought is almost over, friends. To kick it off. We got the University of Florida versus the University of Miami on Saturday. Somewhere in, <laughs> somewhere in Florida. I think it's close to like Disney World. I think it's in like Orlando or whatever. Or something like that. I know this because I think Disney World sort of pushed back the start date or whatever or the grand opening for that new Star Wars ride they got for after, like, the football game, which is a major flex, I might add. Just to, like, have that, like, back-to-back in your city. Just like, oh, yeah, starting off college football and also new Star Wars ride. What's up? I guess it's not much of a ride so much as it is, like, a general attraction. I don't know, like a Camp Snoopy, I suppose, if you're from the Kansas City area. Know about all that. Worlds of fun stuff. Anyways, we can talk a little bit about Florida-Miami. Give you a little bit of a preview there. And I did something different this time. I went to the peanut gallery. I asked some friends, some people who listen, who they think is going to win the game and why. And we'll dive into a little bit about that. Uh, Some video game stuff to cover, too. You know, I was kind of nervous coming into this week because outside of Florida, Miami, there isn't a whole lot to talk about sports-wise outside of, like, NFL preseason football. Which is boring to talk about because it's mostly inconsequential to how the actual season's going to go outside of, like, injuries and whatnot. So we're going to talk about that, too. But, yeah shout out to gamescom for hundred percent saving my butt <laughs> because there's no way I could have put together a full hour show if it weren't for gamescom and a bunch of announcements that just like came in rapid succession over the past week I'll get to talk about but before we get into that we got to talk about Derwin James sort of breakout star safety for the Los Angeles Chargers Because it was announced, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday. If I got the time right, 17th. So that's like... Dang, almost a full week ago. Derwin James will be gone until at least November. Because upon a further examination... Well, for starters, a while ago, Derwin James got a screw in his foot. I believe when he was still playing with Florida State. And as it turns out, that screw bent. I'm not really sure if it was, like, I don't think it was anything practice-related where it happened. But regardless, doctors figured out, you know what? It would be probably better if just, like, take care of the screw right now. Which is smart. Just, like, take care of that before it causes any more damage. But it's unfortunate because I really like Derwin James. Even as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm super big on guys like Derwin James who just, like, immediately can change, like, the genetic makeup of your defense just by being on the field. And it's, yeah, it's a really big bummer, especially because the Chargers are, like, you know, dark horse Super Bowl candidates. And he's, like, a pretty, like, solid anchor on that team. Oh, well. Well, (laughs) by any stretch, shout out to Derwin James. He's awesome. I hope he heals about as well as he can. Get back on the field 110% because I feel like it's not just Chargers fans missing out on some good football when Derwin James is on. It's everybody, including me. No matter how frustrating it might be. And on the flip side of that, we got meme star, like first round meme, DK Metcalf. He was kind of a meme. Saw those Instagram posts where he was like, I don't know, built like a giant tree almost and incredibly fast. So combine meme, DK Metcalf suffered a knee injury last week and they think he's going to be back soon. They're Pinning him up as week to week, but yeah, no timetable. I'm I don't think he'll probably be in like, I don't know, the Seahawks opener or anything like that. But oh well. It's kind of a bummer. Cause I was really excited to see what Metcalf could do in like, I don't know, an actual NFL game. Do I think he's gonna be that good? Uh I don't think so. I mean, he could be fine, but he probably won't be like, I don't know, first-round material. Or like, first-round draft pick material, if that's what you're thinking. Or it could be wrong, and it could be really, really fun to watch. Just off the strength of him just being able to run in a straight line really fast. Because, hey, man, you can, like, a lot of wideouts get their bread and butter from that, so. I don't know, hopefully it's nothing too serious. You can get back on the field. Moving on to college football, because that's right. The preseason Associated Press rankings came out. Not a whole lot of like big, big shockers on there. There There's some surprises. But outside of that, I guess we can like dive into them a little bit. Because why not? It's news. So from one to 25, you got Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, Texas, Oregon, Texas A&M, Washington, Utah, Penn State, Auburn, UCF, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Iowa State, Syracuse, Wazoo, Nebraska, and then Stanford. I mean, I feel like it's important to mention that others who have received votes were Missouri to be on there. Mizzou got 117 votes. Behind that was Army. 94 to make it on the AP top 25. Then you got Mississippi State, Miami, Northwestern TCU, Virginia, Boise State Cincinnati, South Carolina, yada 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 The point is preseason rankings really don't matter that much in the grand scheme of things because What do you like really know about any of these teams going forward? Yeah, there's some constants like Clemson Alabama probably gonna be fine I wouldn't put it past Georgia to also stay somewhere within the top five throughout the season. Ohio State, maybe. Michigan might jump. Florida might drop. Notre Dame might drop. Texas might stay around like that top 10 area. LSU could potentially stay around there. But outside of that, this has the potential to be like a very, I feel like by the time the season's over, there are going to be a lot of teams on here that don't make the final AP top 25 cut which I guess is par for the course for most like preseason rankings or plenty of teams who don't make it. Now what surprised me the most was Nebraska actually getting a shout out, even though they kind of weren't that great last year. Now I feel like people are going to cite like the year two jump that Nebraska might take. Of course you see what happened with Scott Frost when he took UCF to his like sort of year two tenure the spike in quality that they got. I don't know, man. (laughs) Nebraska's in a really tough division (laughs) in that conference. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of translates. Outside of that, I guess the most notable thing is Syracuse getting a preseason AP top 25 nod for the first time since Donovan McNabb, I think. back in like the late 90s mid 90s I don't know so there's that is Clemson gonna finish ranked number one overall in the AP top 25 probably not might drop down to like two or three just because that schedule is just so weak <laughs> it's like not a great schedule I think I talked about this too if you just like look at the tape there are a lot there are a lot of gimmies there are a lot of gimmies on that on that schedule. I don't know if that's going to ultimately benefit or hurt the Tigers in any way, shape, or form, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to see about that. Now, outside of that, we got some quarterback depth charts out finally. Of course, for Miami, got a little bit of a shakeup. As they announced that Jalen Williams was going to be the quarterback one, at least in week zero against Florida. Sort of leaving uh college football transfer portal. Wanderer Tate Martell out high and dry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like if you're Nate Diaz, you want to like, I don't know, get wild with it. I don't know. Why not start? <laughs> Why not start Jalen Williams? See what happens. We don't really know what he's capable of. He has yet to take any meaningful college football, like regular season game snaps. So it's a gamble, but I like it. I really do. Interested to see how that pays off. And then I feel like the other, like most notable, is you got Auburn releasing their quarterback one, and it's Bo Nix, which. Who doggy! You want to t- <laughs> you want to talk about incredibly SEC names? Bonek definitely has to be like top five for Auburn. Even man, oh, that's SEC <laughs> football player name Hall of Fame. Oh my god! Outside of that, uh, also could be fine. I feel like even still, you have to remember that Auburn really doesn't work the way you want it to. And it doesn't really work the way Auburn wants it to either. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I don't know. Guess we'll see when the season starts. So Florida, Miami. Uh, I've been kind of going back and forth with with this in my head. Because on the one hand, Florida ended its season on an incredibly high note by just beating the brakes off of Michigan. Felipe Frank sort of Came into his own Especially like not just in that game but in like the Last four games of the season I feel like And just sort of I don't know Asserted his dominance as Florida's you know quarterback one Did a lot of dual threat type Stuff especially against Michigan Now Do I want to like give him full points I guess I'm not really sure if Michigan really wanted to be there (laughs) playing against Florida. I feel like after the, after the game, they were just like, uh, why am I alive? Uh, everything hurts. So I guess I kind of make some easy pickings for, I don't know, it seemed like Florida. I feel the same way about the Texas Georgia bowl game last year too, but nonetheless, it was impressive. Felipe Franks looked good looked like a genuine dual threat quarterback. yes he might still be prone to every like third play just forgetting how to play football so that's something that Miami's gonna have to prey on. Of course Miami's always been at least in the past two or three years been very disruptive in the backfield forcing quarterbacks to be uncomfortable make mistakes. And usually when Felipe Franks makes mistakes, it's <laughs> they're pretty big mistakes. So they got that going for him. One thing I would mention is the fact that Miami is starting a couple of rookies on the line that Florida could take advantage of. Of course, Florida could take advantage of Miami's fresh out the gate baby face quarterback one Jalen Williams. That's entirely possible as well. But for me, I think it's going to boil down to the fact that uh, I think excuse me, I think Miami might have the most complete defense right now. Maybe. I oh, don't know. I'm probably gonna go like back and forth. I'm probably gonna feel I'm probably gonna feel like Florida tomorrow and Miami the, the day after that. But as of right now, You know what I will say? I feel like if the outcome of this game, everyone's going to either score a lot of points or nobody's going to score any points. (laughs) It's just going to be like a total, like, I don't know, 17-14, like, Florida or something. Or, like, 28-24 Miami, anything like that. If Miami can get any sort of spark on offense or in the passing game, they should be okay. Especially if they can utilize, I don't know, their tight ends against Florida, who, who's who been kind of iffy defending tight ends in the passing game. I don't think I'm going too out of school to say that, but, oh well. Tentatively, if Miami can figure out the forward pass, I should be fine. They'll probably win that game. If not, uh, Florida. That's really all I have to say about that. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what other people think is going to go down in that Miami-Florida game, plus some Gamescom content and things of that nature. Do not go anywhere, guys. You're listening to Quarter Circle Backboard on KCLU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. We will be right back. at 124 East Nifong Boulevard b Bagel offers affordable made-from-scratch bagels, sandwiches pastries, and more. Need an event catered? Call b Bagel today and they will take care of you and your event For more information, visit their website bbbagel.com or find them on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you BNB Bagel for your support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Tune into Undrafted for the best sports talk of the week. Catch Parker Reed. I'm an above-average Packers fan. That the Bills are a very bad team. I, they are utter trash. And Turner Meyer Definitely draft stuck up. I'm going with coffee tables. But that Bears defense. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. only on KCOU 88.1 FM. Learn how you can do your part at smokybear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Don't sweat the technique. Hey everybody, you're listening to Quarter Circle Backboard here on KCOU 88.1 FM or maybe KCOU.FM if you're outside of the radio poll. <laughs> airwaves, I suppose. I'm Chris Mitchell and I'm back with one more thing about Florida, Miami. I took a sort of poll slash census slash whatever of like what people think is going to happen in this Florida-Miami game. Now, let me preface this by saying there are no wrong answers to how this Florida-Miami game could go. So with that in mind, I asked, is Florida or Miami going to win this Saturday? How are they going to do it? First answer I got was from Andrew Mitchell, who just said Florida. And when I asked why, because that's also a part of the question. You just said Florida again. And you know what? That's valid. <laughs> I agree with that. Florida could 100% do some Florida thing to sort of make that work. Besides so one tally Florida's direction. Up next, got some from Zach Berman. saying Miami, because of the seventh floor crew. Just kidding. Felipe Franks is going to steamroll the canes. Now, yeah. I feel like this harkens back to, like, what I was talking about with Felipe Franks maybe putting it all together and figuring it out. And maybe we can sort of, like, see it manifest here. So that should be interesting. Got a take from Garrett Jones, who said, Florida is going to wipe the floor. Everyone wants to make Miami feel important by overriding them like usual to connect with their early 2000s nostalgia. Now, that's fair. Usually always happens, but Florida is not, or Miami is not ranked in the AP top 25 this year. So maybe people are sort of coming down from that high. And of course, you got Tate Martell is overrated. Now I like this, even though my, he is not the starter for Miami. This, <laughs> this sort of represents a couple of chaotic outcomes that could happen during this game. One. Tate Martell has to come in for Jalen Williams for some reason during this game or Jalen Williams finds himself in a place where he cannot, you know, or should not play for the rest of the game. And he and Tate Martell just gets completely steamrolled with his time in the sun, his chance to shine and he just gets completely bodied by Florida's defense. Or there's the other one where Tate Martell Fulfills his destiny of being a wide receiver, and he just gets locked <laughs> completely down <coughs> by Florida. Uh, either way, I feel like it's also important to mention that something that could create some issues for Jalen Williams would be Todd Grantham's sort of, I don't know, creative blitz happy defense where people just be like, yeah, blitz him every time. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, that could be an issue for Miami. Got one submission that said, who cares they're both in a trash state? I agree. (laughs) I feel like that's something we can all sort of like come together on. No matter who we think is going to win this game, we can all agree that Florida stinks. Just the state of Florida in general. In the same vein, we got to vote for Miami because Florida is bad and racist. Now, I feel like we shouldn't leave Miami out of this out of this being bad and racist thing because, you know, it's Florida. It's everywhere. It stinks. Florida's not great. And finally, we got a submission that says, I think Florida is going to win because both of my parents went the Florida... Now it's entirely possible that the power of the alumni coming together to form some sort of Florida spirit bomb to help them beat Miami could also happen also very on brand for Florida or they could come up just short. who knows so anyways that that ends the Florida Miami coverage. am I gonna watch it probably yeah because there's <laughs> is it because there's nothing else on? That's also true. Might also be correct. Anyways, moving on to the meat and potatoes of this. I'm talking about video games and because that's right, folks. Gamescom was this week. Gamescom, for those of you who don't know, is the sort of like E3 butt over in Europe. Bunch of publishers, developers come together in, I believe, Cologne, Germany, and sort of wax on about what is coming up towards the end of the year slash... Next year, and they had some... There's some pretty surprising stuff. Of course, one of the ba- big things was Sony actually being at this as opposed to skipping E3 last year. Nintendo also had a... Even though they had an E3 conference of sorts last year or this past year, they also had some stuff for Gamescom. For instance, uh, the Hotline Miami games... Two games that are very near and dear to my heart, at least Hotline Miami 1, are coming to the Nintendo Switch at some point. Which I'm very excited for (laughs) because, frankly, I'm just looking for an excuse to, like, play that game again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ugh, love that game. It was beyond that, Sega dropped a sort of bombshell by announcing that they are bringing Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 to the west, with a Yakuza remastered collection for the PlayStation 4. Now, for those of you who don't know, Yakuza is a sort of crime, drama, series, action, whatever, that takes place in Japan that were pretty, I guess were considered sort of cult classics when they first came out, at least over here in the States. Pretty popular over in Japan, and then once you got to games like Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, when the sort of PlayStation 4 came out, Yakuza Kiwami, which I've been playing a little bit of, and it's pretty good. I really want to try Yakuza 0 again, though. When those games sort of like came out and started selling more, because I think a lot of that had to do with you could, the way the internet's set up now is you could, you know, actually show people what makes these games interesting and cool even if it's like little snippets on uh, on Twitter or like gameplay videos on YouTube where you can just sort of see how sort of zany and weird these games are while still like maintaining a solid core dramatic story. I feel like people really like attached to that. And thusly, we're going to get, I think, pretty much every single Yakuza game on one console now or in like one direct area. And to top it all off, they announced that Yakuza 3... Drops on August 20th Aka like the day of the announcement so people are pretty excited about that Of course, this doesn't doesn't like just mean they're just slapping an HD coat of paint on these things calling it a day No, what they're doing is they are also revamping some aspects of the story that may not play as well for different sensibilities in 2019, which I think is smart if you're trying to localize anything or read, like, up anything for, like, a new audience. No matter, like, what the content is. So that's pretty smart. I'm down for that. I might give these games a look. I guess that depends on how I feel about Yakuza Kiwami or Yakuza Zero. But so far, they've been pretty fun. They've been pretty engaging and interesting. At least for me. I just don't have the, like, time... To, like, sit down and play these games. Keeping in Japan with news about... One Punch Man, colon, A Hero Nobody Knows, which is a video game adaptation based off the popular anime and, like, online comic book One Punch Man, where the central conceit is the main character is One Punch Man, and he beats everybody in one punch. And so when they announced that a video game was going to come out about One Punch Man, I was like, this is interesting. I wonder if they're going to keep like that sort of same central conceit with the main character just beating everybody in one punch. And they did. Amazingly enough. (laughs) So what ended up happening was I watched the gameplay trailer and they made this guy pretty much for all intents and purposes invincible. Like, it doesn't matter how many times the enemy tries to pummel you. You just will not take damage while you're playing as one punch man. And as soon as you, like, land any sort of attack on anybody, you'll just instantly one-hit KO them. End of level, end of story. But the rub lies within how you actually get to that point. Because you don't start out the fight playing as One Punch Man. You play as somebody or anybody that are a little bit weaker. A little bit more, I don't know, vulnerable to attacks. And the goal is to fend off the big bad guy until One Punch Man arrives. Because he's always late, (laughs) is how the trailer describes it. So, and the way you sort of, I don't know, keep the time like, going, making it speed up, is to complete combos, and to just sort of block well, or use, like, you know, like, perfect blocking, like, parries, and things like that, to sort of keep the clock running, like, running down, and it looks interesting. It's kind of cool that your reward for, uh, I don't know, Getting, like, really into, like, the nuts and bolts of the game's mechanics. Rewards you with someone who can't be killed and can kill, kill like, anything instantly. I feel like that's a really, like, quirky and fun way to sort of, I don't know, make a video game out of this. Or make a video game about being able to just knock over anything in one punch. So, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of shakes out. How the different characters have different gameplay quirks that allow them to, I don't know, rack up better combos or parry better. I guess we'll see. Moving on beyond that now. On the 20th, I think. uh, It leaked a little bit, I would say. That we got the full lineup for this sort of season of Mortal Kombat DLC characters. So in light of that, we got a brief trailer from NetherRealm Studios all about this upcoming slate of DLC characters. So from available now to out March 17th, you got Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, two guys who are already out. You got the Terminator yeah, the T 800, Arnold Schwarzenegger, coming out in October. <laughs> you got Sindel, a sort of Mortal Kombat classic character, coming out in November. Then you got the Joker, which, I mean, I'm not super big. Stop me if you heard this one. I'm not super big on this design of the Joker. <laughs> I don't know. He just looks kind of goofy. I don't know. Something about the suit and the shirt, like the hair, isn't really doing it for me. He looks like somewhere between, like I don't know, like the Dark Knight Joker and the Joker from Suicide Squad, that movie, which is kind of uh, it's whatever. It'll be due out in January twentieth, and finally, capping it off, you got <laughs> oh boy, I gotta like take a deep breath. You got Spawn. 90s sort of comic book legend (laughs) Todd McFarlane's Strongest Boy I mean yeah this is very much uh, (laughs) like and on top of that you got Spawn being voiced by Keith David who was also Spawn in other adaptations of the comic book character now if you had to ask me I don't know, like last year or the year before that, who would be like Ape Shuin for the sort of like Moral Combat type universe? I'd say Spawn, because he definitely fits into sort of like that campy, like 90s like ultra gritty or like ultra colorful gory vibe that Moral Combat's been giving you since like the game series started. And I feel like people would be surprised to know that Spawn hasn't just been like sitting in, like, I don't know, (laughs) someone's basement for like 20 years. I feel like half the fun is just going to be people realizing, oh, people have still been making Spawn comics, which is always fun. So, all that season of Mortal Kombat is going to end around March 17th. Yeah, this is about where I thought the Mortal Kombat DLC would go. I personally thought that. You might see Ash from the Evil Dead series here. Maybe that comes next season. I don't know. This is a pretty strong lineup of old Mortal Kombat characters and, I don't know, some real... (laughs) I'm getting a real 90s kids vibe from this Mortal Kombat pack is what I'm trying to say. A lot of, like, throwbacks, which is fine. That's cool. All that jazz. So, that might be interesting to see. I'm um, definitely more interested to see how guys like on spawn or the Terminator work. Sindel, Joker, eh, whatever. Not super into that. But I feel like the biggest and most important news, I guess if you want to call it that, coming out of Gamescom so far, is we got some more Death Stranding footage from Hideo Kojima, a.k.a. like the big director guy behind metal gear solid and all that jazz. We finally got some more stuff. And alongside that, we got a little bit of gameplay. Now I watched a little bit of the gameplay trailer, but I feel like the big takeaway, I feel like that's the takeaway everybody's getting is there's an option in Death stranding to just uh, do your business. <laughs> like a dedicated button to just, you know, answer the call of nature (laughs) which is kind of goofy but i feel like there isn't really uh you can't really have like a hideo kojima game without some level of like just sheer goofiness like that outside of that the story is we got a story trailer that still makes the story sound like just completely incomprehensible at least to me i mean there's like uh baby that was born in, like, another dimension, and it's still, like, attached to its mother with an invisible umbilical cord. It's very weird and very dumb. I'm not attributing too much of, I don't know, anything to it. It'll probably be fine. But I'm just, like, bracing for... I don't know, f- for Kojima or anyone else just to, like... Come out and say that, you know what, this this game is going to wear its story on its sleeve. It's just going to be, yeah, straight up this, (laughs) which I kind of respect. I mean, if you're just going to be like, I don't know, metaphor in big, bold letters everywhere you go during every, like, story, like, cutscene, cinematic, whatever, just do it just make everything in your game blatantly obvious. People will like it. Hank, I might even like it too. Who knows? And then capping things off, we got something else from Sega. We got a trailer for Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo Edition. Now, I'm not smart enough to sort of comment on the political or economic ramifications of the Olympics in Tokyo, or anywhere else for that matter. But what I do know is uh, I'm not a super big fan of the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games games. <laughs> it just it just feels like some sort of version of Mario Party. They got like a branding deal <laughs> with uh the Olympic committee and then throwing Sonic just just cause why not. But they're doing something a little bit interesting this time, in addition to having like a bunch of stuff that like goes down on like a 3D plane. So a bunch of Olympic games that go down like that. Uh, We got some Olympic games that go down in the second dimension. (laughs) Because there's going to be a bunch of games that sort of take place where you play as like 8-bit Mario or 16-bit Sonic in sort of events that sort of would mimic I don't know, any sports game on the Sega Genesis in its early days or, like, the NES. So something like, I don't know, Excite Bike, or getting heavy vibes from things like that or, like, I don't know, something like Duck Hunt for, like, trap shooting. Things of that nature. (laughs) They definitely, like, all the 2D games definitely scream something like your parents would buy you when you're, like, a kid growing up in, like, 1986 or whatever, and the game would just be, like, nothing like fancy. It would just be a game titled just, like, wrestling or whatever. And you'd just be like, wow, this must be like wrestling. I I need that. <laughs> so I don't know how it's going to shake out. It's a fun little gameplay twist. I'll be interested to see how that sort of shakes out. Am I going to play it necessarily? No. At least that's not like the main plan. I might play it at some point. But outside of that, yeah, it's another Mario and Sonic in the Olympic Games. It is what it is. You know what it is when you sign up. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about NBA 2K because I need some basketball news to fill out that last last stretch of last stretch of the show. But it's actually kind of interesting. The 2K news because it was a big old story trailer. But anyways, we'll get into that next segment. We are list. You are listening to Quarter Circle Backboard here on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. Do not go anywhere. Saturday, Cut the Nets will be live from noon to 1 on KCOU 88.1 FM. I do a possibility. It. Jabari I, Parker's even. Exactly. Oh, you don't, you don't want Jabari Parker. Tune in to KCOU Sports Saturday to listen to David Kuntz, Zach Berman, and Chuck Ryan talk sports. Fun fact of the owners. day, number two. Robert Kraft actually owns like 99% of the city of Foxborough. Catch Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU sports. Welcome back to quarter circle backboard solo show dedicated to the sports that you like And the video games that I like I'm Chris Mitchell Here at this last segment of the show Before we kick it over to music I think there might be a show after me Can't remember off the top of my head either way Big 2k news if you're still a fan of 2k Because we got the first story trailer for NBA 2k20 And as per usual, it looks pretty uh, cinematic. But I feel like this time they're really cranking up, like (laughs) the uh, celebrity guest appearances. Because you got guys like like Idris Elba, Rosario Dawson. You got Thomas Middleditch. If you're like a Silicon Valley fan, you got Ernie Hudson. Shout out to Ghostbusters. You got Scottie Pippen. You got your little White. know Steve Erkel out here got Mark Cuban and of course you got LeBron James and Maverick Carter so I mean it looks pretty standard fare for like looks pretty standard fare for like a sort of new age modern like 2k story mode looks like you're gonna be spending a lot of time just dinking around in like China or like the G League (laughs) or not going first overall or anything like that. I mean, which I guess there's some appeal to, like, I don't know, grinding through the ranks or whatever. And, like, seeing what's up with that. But I don't know, man. <laughs> if I wanted to do that, I'd probably just, like, watch a movie or something. Watch a TV show or something like that. Just gimme, just immediately. Just drop me into the action unlike a championship team. <laughs> if we're talking about my career, just let me do something. That doesn't require me to put in, like, I don't know. A hundred bucks or something worth of, like, virtual, like, currency to, like, make my player go from, like, a 67 overall to a 68. Please just just let me play the game. That's all I want. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Because... <laughs> because I feel like 2K Visual Concepts have sort of found their lane for a fruitful business venture and just nickel and diming the heck out of all their players. (laughs) It is what it is, I suppose. Uh, Moving on, because we got actually another Gears of War 5 trailer, or Gears 5, I suppose is what they're calling it. Uh, It looks interesting. Looks like the new main character has some sort of, like, I don't know, neural connection to, like, the big bad alien guy this time. Also, Marcus because there. I really don't care a whole lot about—full disclaimer, I don't really care that much about Gears of War. Never played them. Never found, like, the appeal. They looked fun, but outside of that, uh, couldn't be bothered. But it looks interesting. It looks like they're adding a few more—I don't know— Gameplay quirks and sequences that are like outside of like the usual duck and cover shooter type deal they got going on. Like, I saw something that looked like you were riding on like a futuristic version of like a parasailer. So, there may be some like on rails type gameplay sequences. Which would be whatever, and then also that kind of caught my eye. Someone was in a giant mech for like one cutscene, and I was like, mm, "Interesting," because I can't remember if there's been any like giant mechs in like Gears of War yet, as far as I know. But hey, man, I'm all for more giant mechs being in more shooters or in just games in general. For keeping in the stack. That's really it on that. And we also, for the first time, got some actual Square Enix approved gameplay footage for their sort of take on an Avengers video game. And boy, howdy, let me tell you, it looks pretty average. It just looks like, I don't know, it looks kind of uninspired. Like they're just like hanging all the, like behind the. Over, like the over-the-shoulder, like, third-person action game type of stuff that a lot of other people have been doing, but I don't know, with little different twists on it. So it'll be interesting to see how they move on to, like, differentiate. But, man, like, even, like, from, like, a gameplay perspective, like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. And that's sort of compounded with sort of, like, a drab, uninteresting color palette that you usually, I guess you associate more with, like, the MCU like the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than you do like the comic books, which is kind of disappointing. I feel like there is something to be had from like, I don't know, tapping into sort of like, I don't know, a more saturated, zany color palette. Like, I don't know. The washed out tones <laughs> of like some of these movies. I don't know, dog. Pencil me down as a tentative, uh, maybe. I'm not really liking what I'm seeing. anything like that I think that's just about going to do it for today thank you so much for tuning in I'm probably going to be on air again later with the inaugural fall semester episode of salute your sports featuring James Stanley and Zach Berman replacing Matthew Terry rest in peace Matthew Terry (laughs) he's not dead but you know he's not here pour one out for the homie uh oh well this has been quarter circle backboard on KCOU 88.1 FM KCU FM. When we come back, we going to have a little bit more football stuff to talk about next week as like the full slate of college football games gets started at, with the official week one, gonna get into some games. I like next week, matchups, things of that nature and stick around for your sports later today. If you want a more complete look at Mizzou sports and Mizzou football and things of that nature. Thank you so much for tuning in guys. I will see you later and also next week.